0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, alongside Omaha, Joe Stanton. And with the Broncos playing tonight on Thursday Night Football, this is the ultimate (laughs) Omaha audible here. Joe Stanton not going to his Peyton Manning jersey. Uh, He's going with the Nuggets. Yeah, well,
1: I'm a bigger Nuggets fan than the Broncos, but ultimately... My pay main jersey is at is in a different state currently. Um, I I was planning for like multiple weeks. This was penciled on the calendar. I was like, I'm gonna wear my pay main jersey. Um, you're gonna ha- have to deal with some Nick Lee yogic tonight, raining MVP is coming back. Um, but yeah, I know. It's still the Denver Pride. Uh we are an NFL podcast. Um wish I
0: was wearing the pay main jersey, but that's just how I, that's how the cookie crumbled. That's funny. That's yeah, classic. I mean, Omaha uh fr- from from from, from Manning tonight uh, is the is the Jokic jersey, and of course Joe is our Denver man, so it, it it counts. I mean, it's still a home jersey. That's what Peyton right. would do, I think, in the same circumstances.
1: Well, his, he he brings his kids to all the Denver Nuggets, AVS, Rockies games. Does he? Um, yeah. Oh, he, no, hey, on Indianapolis, but Peyton has cemented some some real ground out here in Denver with all the sports sports teams. So I'm sure Peyton might be even rocking a Jokic jersey tonight.
0: Uh, It's an awesome city. Awesome sports there, so I can't blame him. And the situation here, though, is that we've got your Broncos traveling to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And threes are wild here. Both teams are three and three. And we've got a lot of injuries on the Cleveland side. And before we get into the breakdown of team by team, we should announce the major interesting dynamic here on FanDuel this week. Joe, we have no salary cap on FanDuel for this contest. And we we chatted about it here before the show. It's the first time I've seen it in all these years of doing DFS. And I think it, I don't think they went into the week planning that, (laughs) but if you just go and start to fill out your roster, if you take the five most expensive guys who are active, you're under the salary cap. So I think they just changed it and called it no salary cap because you can't go over the salary cap. So we're going to get into that as we go, but it really creates an interesting dynamic in terms of your, your roster building over on FanDuel. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And, of course, we'll finalize our lineups for our members, which are full FanDuel lineups. We can give out the cash lineups, the GPP. We'll do the same thing on Yahoo, and then we'll give the core out on DraftKings. But uh, really looking forward to it, and I know you are, too, with, with the game here and the Broncos. So talk to us about the Broncos side here traveling to cleveland what are you expecting
1: yeah absolutely um expecting a good game
0: it is a close spread like you said it's a spread of two um cleveland favored by two and the total is only 41 so we may not get some fireworks here with touchdowns but um do you like teddy and company
1: yeah, so so Teddy this week, um, he's actually questionable with a quad injury, which kind of came out of nowhere today. Vic Fangio said he should be playing, and I, I would expect nothing different from Teddy Bridgewater. Um, we, we'll be handing out stats, all podcast. It, it's coming from PFF, um, our presenting um, our presenting sponsors by US, and we get all our stats from PFF. But the offensive line versus defensive line here in this matchup is pretty pretty even. There's no real swing each way for the Broncos here. Um, But Teddy's been averaging about 252 pass yards per game, 33 passing attempts. He's actually known for being just a check down quarterback, but he's top 10 in deep throws and top 10 in air yards. So he's actually really letting it fly here. I actually think in this game, um, definitely opposed the other quarterback on their side. Um, Teddy does look solid in this game. I think they're going to go to the pass here. Um, it's going to be a close enough game where it's not like the Broncos are going to be up a ton and they're going to just run out the clock. Um, at least that's not how I'm expecting any game to go. So th- with that being said, I think Teddy Bridgewater has been really consistent this season. Um, he, there's not been any big slip-ups or errors on his side. Um, just kind of what you'd expect at of Teddy Bridgewater in a way, he's just a very consistent, mediocre quarterback. But with the showdown slate, um, you know, I, he's the best quarterback on the slate. So I do like Teddy Bridgewater here. Um, Andrew, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I like Teddy. Uh, I do like that he went for over 300 yards last last week and three touchdowns. Did have the three picks, but he is airing it out some. And you mentioned the word consistent. I like the consistency of the Denver offense here in that he's got all of his skill position players. They've been playing together. Whereas over on Cleveland, I mean, we're out. Baker Mayfield, Chubb, Hunt, Landry is doubtful. So, really, their top four guys are probably not going to play. Right. So, it's just the, the consistency for Bridgewater that I prefer. It's
1: it's almost just easier what to expect coming for this Denver offense, where on the other side it's kind of like, you know, you're taking your best, best jab here. Um, and, and being so, I mean, the Broncos have been dealing with some injuries. Obviously, you had Judy going out in week one versus the Giants. Um, KJ Hamler is out as well. Um, so, you, in your wide receiver room, you have Corlin Sutton as your wide receiver one. You have Tim Patrick, and then you have Kendall Hinton as your wide receiver three, and Deontay Spencer a little bit down the list. Not really much of a factor, but Sutton is supporting about a 23% target share for this team. He's leading the team. Now, he only has two touchdowns on the season, uh, but he has 51 targets, 33 receptions. He's actually been averaging about 10 targets per game over these last couple games. So Even if you're watching that game last week versus the Raiders, um, when we were trying to cement a comeback, Courtland Sun was getting a lot of volume downfield um, for a good 10, 15 yards. They, they weren't just dump off passes. Um, and he's solid. He actually has zero drops on the season. So, Don't he, jinx him. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> that. Um, so Sun and Bridgewater are on a good page. Um, I do like Sutton here. Um, however, um, and Andrew, I'd love to hear your take here. Just from a price differential, Tim Patrick is a lot cheaper than Sutton, um, especially on DraftKings. I mean, of course, FanDuel doesn't matter. But on DraftKings, Tim Patrick has been phenomenal. Um, he is fifth in defensive um, adjusted yards. He's fourth in the catch rate. He's has five red zone targets. He's second in defensive like adjusted value after the catch. In catch rate, over-expected. So what would be a normal receiver on a team, what um, next-gen stats would consider like the, the average that someone would produce for the Denver Broncos. Tim Patrick leads the whole league with a 15.8% plus average on these expected catches. Second is Mark Cooper. I could go on and on, but Tim Patrick has really stepped up in this offense with Jerry Judy being out. And with that cost saving there, he's been really phenomenal. And I like Tim Patrick, Andrew. So we'd love to hear what you think over here on the receivers.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it w- where price doesn't matter on FanDuel, I would probably lean Sutton just because of the volume, the experience, um, but he does have, I think, A tougher matchup I think he'll face more of Denzel Ward Mm -hmm. so the matchup leans towards Patrick for me and yes on DraftKings he's $2,400 cheaper which is attractive so I think basically what it comes down to is that price difference is fair to me Um, I might lean Patrick on DraftKings because you know he can allow you to pay up for one other guy elsewhere and and I think he'll have a better matchup
1: yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking as well. Um, he also looked good out of the game versus the Raiders last week. He had that opening drive touchdown for us, um, which was I think it snapped the longest streak of an opening drive touchdown. It was, I think it was 24 weeks without an opening drive touchdown for the
0: Broncos. Yeah, the announcers really sounded excited about it. Uh, oh, they were Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're I, excited.
0: I also wanted to add about this passing game before you get to Fant and company that – the quarterbacks have done really well against Cleveland this year, third most fancy points and mm-hmm. the wide receivers fourth most. So that's you know, more ammunition for our Denver passing attack here. But let's not forget that Cleveland has played Mahomes, Herbert, and Murray. So they've had a tough yeah. schedule. So yeah. uh I'm not looking for Denver to just light it up through the air. Mm-mm. Um, you know, Cleveland is banged up defensively though as well. So it kind of evens out. Uh, but but i do like the passing game overall so what about the other guys besides Sutton and Patrick
1: yeah so you, like i said you have Kendall Hinton out there as the wide receiver 3 of course he subbed in as a qb last year for that one game you know played a couple right. st- it was practice squad at Wake Forest or something like that um he's been okay i mean he, he went five for 37 um last week he is the wide receiver 3 um i mean a mass gpp if you're going to play it Hinton is going to see receptions. He's averaging about three or four. So he's going to see receptions downfield. If one of those comes into a touchdown, that's fantastic. So it's a shot in the dark. It's a punt play. um, But Hinton's not bad. Um, Now for the other pass catcher, I really like Noah Fant. Um, So Fant and Patrick are supporting about the same target share, about 18% here. And Fant hasn't exactly had a breakout game. His best game probably came last week. Um, he had nine receptions for 97 yards, but actually the game before that, he wasn't targeted until the fourth quarter uh, of that game. So I, I do know the Broncos are prioritizing him. I think that was a uh, kind of a, a missed game. They, they do run specific schemes for him. He has the most red zone targets on the team with eight. Um, and I think in this game, Teddy's actually going to see a little bit more pressure from someone like a Miles Garrett. Um, so he might be checking it down a little bit more to someone like a fan rather than taking a deep shot with um, like Tim Patrick or, you know, even a deeper play with Sutton. Um, So I I really do like Noah playing here. They have a game plan for him. Um, So I think Noah fan Patrick for me are pretty even keel. They're pretty split. Um, But definitely a play for me is Noah fan.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm high on Noah fan this week. Uh, The matchup on paper across the season is sort of middle of the road, tight ends against Cleveland. They did give up six catches, 76, and two scores to Kelsey. And then they've had some matchups since then where the passing games were great, but the tight end situations weren't weren't that significant. Um but the thing I noticed watching the Cleveland Arizona game last week was that Kyler Murray did have a lot of success on short passes. And they didn't really they didn't really have their tight end situation because of the injury right. to Williams. And the the trade hadn't gone through yet uh, for Earth, so I, I think those short passes for Denver will go to Fant, and I do think Hinton's in play because on DraftKings he's two thousand, and yeah. if he if he does like last week five for thirty seven, you get eight point seven DraftKings points on two thousand, then you're in good shape. That's what you want for that type of player. Um. Because that allows you to have an expensive captain. So, on DraftKings, he is playable for me. I, he could, mm. I, he could potentially even get more catches than that if he gets in the end zone. Then, then look out.
1: Well, um, I I agree. And, on at that price tag for like two thousand on DraftKings, it, at this point, it's not dart throw. You'll see some, you know, dart throws around that price range. You're like, are they going to yeah. be on the field? Are they right. going to the reception? Exactly. Kendall Hinton's not like that. He's going to get looks his way so it's not a dart throw you know there's going to be production it's not going to be as much as other wide receivers but like you said that value there is pretty ridiculous
0: all right how about these running backs
1: oh andrew it is it is it's frustrating because it is it is dead split down the middle i mean it's not even an edge either way it is 50 50 definition of
0: a timeshare They split
1: drives, Um, I think, on the season, they have a difference of about two rushes. Um, I mean, last game, it was 11 for Javante Williams. It was 10 for Melvin Gordon. It is the epitome of a split backfield, and it's tough because I don't mind the running game here for the Broncos, especially on a low-scoring game. I think they're going to have to run the ball, um, and they're going to have to push it. Um, Like The running game is not completely out of the question, but I, I just can't honestly feel comfortable telling you which one to take. Um I my best my best bet is saying I w- I'm going to take whatever running back in my GPP
0: that's the lower owned one
1: just for the leverage initially or the cheaper um
0: which it's pr- it a yeah, I mean, like $400 difference right now. I mean there's almost no difference. Gordon at 74 yeah. and Williams at 7000. So
1: Yeah, you're purely just looking at ownership um which Andrew I don't know if you have a better pulse on this um but Split backfield.
0: I like the running game, but I just – I couldn't tell you who to go with. Sometimes uh, that's fair advice because the coaching staff might not know. I mean, if it seems to me like they actually get together and their strategy is we are going to split the touches up evenly. Yeah. Right? We're going to have them both involved in the passing game. I mean, look at last week. 11 carries to 10. They both had three catches. So they're trying to get them both involved. Yeah and and you know keep them fresh keep the defenses you know off balance so it's a it's a coin flip about for example who who might get in the end zone if there's one touchdown
1: right Right. that's what that's why i think the running back is going to be good for a gpp you know like you said if you guess correctly it's fantastic but these coaches are game planning a 50 50 split it's not like washington football with you know, Gibson and now McKissick, but it was like kind of a 60 to 40 at one point or like because it got most of the, you know, one is a passing back ones are rushing right.
0: back. No, it's, it is dead down the middle. It's, it's frustrating.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts here before we transition to Cleveland?
1: No, um, I don't think so. Um, I think it's good to transition. I think the Broncos are going to have a good day. Um, Beautiful. So.
0: Well, hopefully we'll have some good lineups. Do you want to tell folks how they can grab ours?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so you'll see up there in the top left, you can go to DFSCoachDoc.com to become a member. We give out full FanDuel lineups um, on the main slates, on the showdowns. Uh, we give a DraftKings clipboard um, and the plays we like over there. We also help with Yahoo. Um, but really, it's great to join. We are having a phenomenal start to the season. Um, Thursday Night Football last week for the Bucks and Eagles was fantastic for Mr. Hansen over there with a yep. great OJ Howard call. Um. So we're just crushing it. NBA started. MLB playoffs are still going. We still got some PGA. So you join in the Discord, you get all sports. Um, it's not like you're just differentiating on the one. You can also find a lot of our information over there on Twitter at dfscoachtalk.com. Sorry, not .com. DFS Coach Talk on Twitter, um, and we and we give out contests and um, different plays that we like and information. But I mean, the quickest information you're going to get is by joining our Discord um, and just being a part of the community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So after you sign up. We'll send you an email to get you into our Discord. And uh, any membership you get, you get all of our sports. So grab grab the five-day pass before Thursday
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: get football, and you'll be with us all the way through Monday Night Football next week. So love to have you. All right, let's talk about these Cleveland Browns. It's a new-look Cleveland Browns team without those four key skill position players. We've got Case Keenum at the helm. Uh, We've got OBJ Questionable as the top receiver. And then with the backfield, it looks like it's going to be Dearness Johnson leading the way. Dimitri Felton should be involved as well. And their prices matter, of course, on DraftKings. And uh, Johnson is 4,600. I want to start with him just because I really do like that value. Um, the The matchup is not great. I mean, Denver's had a very yeah. solid season here defensively across the board. They're strong against all these positions in terms of fantasy points allowed. Uh, you know, eighth fewest to running backs, third fewest to quarterbacks. But Johnson at four thousand six hundred on DraftKings is a really important player for me on this slate. I, w- I want to play him. I'm going to consider playing him as my captain as well. If you look at what has happened recently to Denver, we know they started out three and zero. Uh, with some great performances. But then the the schedule got tougher here with Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Vegas. They gave up 122 rushing yards to Harris. And then Vegas last week, those guys had two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown between them. So there are some openings to be had there for Johnson at 4,600. He hasn't gotten a ton of work here behind Chubb and Hunt, but I think he looks solid while he's out there. He has enough experience where – it's not like his first action uh so he's he's playable for me felton has gotten a couple of receptions he's more uh really of a pass catcher he, he he does play some wide receivers or sort of lines up in the slot uh so he's an option as well what what do you think about this backfield here joe
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of the running game, um, a good vast majority is going to go to Johnson. Like, the volume is going to be there. Um, Denver does have a decent off, decent defense. Um, I actually think we've been better against the run that we have on the pass. Um, Von Miller actually has started to look a little bit more like he used to. Um, He's getting a good amount of sacks here, um, and the Browns have actually been letting up a good amount of sacks. So I I wouldn't say the running game is specifically, like, wide open for the Browns, but with the amount of volume you're going to get from Johnson – in the price that you just uh, you know let our viewers know about DraftKings, that's an insane value because it's just he's going to get a lot of attempts on the ground. Um, I do like Dimitri Felton here. I know you you know you did like him, price a little high. When Case Keenan was in Minnesota in 2017, he threw an average of six screens per game, um, and he's a very he's a big arm, but he's a very short, consistent passer. Um, and I think that's where that's why I like Felton. He's been averaging about two receptions a game. He's a rookie from UCLA. He actually started at UCLA as a receiver his freshman and sophomore year. Then he went to running back. I mean, he truly is a receiver in running back clothing um so uh, for that reason um i think felton is going to be involved with some of these screens here um i do think johnson can get a little bit of passive work as well um but felton is that pass catcher and i do like him as that value just because I, I i think Keenum is going to throw that way um but don't overlook either because you know like we both said johnson's going to get a lot of volume and felton I, is going to be involved in the passing game especially and i know we'll get there especially if jarvis landry is out um right. if if, Jar- if jarvis landry is in I don't think I like Felton as much um, because I think, you know, the majority of it's going to go to OBJ and Landry. But if Landry is out, um, like we kind of think he might be, that's also a reason I like Felton.
0: Yes, we are recording this on Wednesday night. Landry eligible to come back, but they haven't activated activated him yet. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But I, I do like that point of uh, Felton's value really taking a hit if Landry does come back. And – you know, if let's say Landry's out, so you're looking at Felton considering him, he's definitely gonna be lower owned than Johnson because he's four hundred dollars more mm-hmm. and we project him to get fewer touches. But, you know, if he catches uh catches one and takes it to the house, then it could be the key play. Now let's talk about this passing game with Keenum and company. Um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's just it's not a great matchup here. Uh Denver solid. Uh 11th in yardage through the through the air fourth on the ground um but there is one matchup that I kind of like here for Cleveland and that is to attack Darby on the left he had uh, a rough week against the Raiders they had the the long touchdown uh to rugs they had mm-hmm. uh some other big plays to the left it it kind of looked to me like uh, they were attacking there specifically, and I think Cleveland can do the same. So looking at where everybody lines up for Cleveland, again, courtesy of Pro Football Focus, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has run 43% of his routes on the left side. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 30%. So those are the two key guys to look at. No big surprise. You know, they're, of course, the the big play threats. Rashard Higgins, 67% of his routes in the slot. Hasn't done as much as those two guys. So I'm interested in both of those guys. Uh, again, as of Wednesday night, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is questionable because of the shoulder. So he may not even play. But if he's out there, 6,800 on DraftKings, a you know, great price for him as you know, he should be the lead guy. Uh, the guy has definitely underperformed here. Mm-hmm. But I mean... Uh, You know, how much can this continue where he just uh, underperforms? Uh, You know, this is a great opportunity for him to get a bunch of targets. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones had the big game last week because of the Hail Mary. He did also have five catches for 70 yards the the week before that. And uh, John John Wienhausen, our analytics guy, has always been on him for some reason. But that's when he's more of like a 3K guy on a big slate. Sure, and you know now he's sixty four hundred. It is a showdown slate, so pricing adjusts a little bit. But uh, yeah, kind of funny that he's four hundred dollars cheaper than than OBJ. They're they're right there, neck and neck. So I'm interested in both of these guys. Um, will you will you have exposure to this part of the slate with this Cleveland passing attack, or uh, are you going to have too many Broncos to to fit them in? I might. I might have too many Broncos. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, I,
1: I have some other exposure to the side of the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, Case Keenum at the at the helm. He, again, like I said, has a big arm, but he's mostly short passes. Um, he averaged about 7.3 air yards uh, while he was in Minnesota in 2017. So he, he wasn't chucking it down the field. Um, and Cleveland also had the number one offensive line coming into this season. But they have just been dismantled. I mean – Wills and Conklin, they've been practicing this week. And they, before, just Baker's sack percentage, 9.4%. So, I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind that the Cleveland is going to be pressured. Keenum is going to be pressured. Um, the, with that being said, I think you make a fantastic point about Darby um, and, and where Odell Beckham Jr. is lining up. Um, I mean, he if Landry's out, which we expect he will be, he's eligible. With, but with all these injuries, you know, if he's not a hundred percent is Cleveland going to put a push him out there? I don't think so. Um, and that leaves it just a ton of work for Odell Beckham jr. Um, he hasn't had an insane season, definitely not up to the standards we expected, but he is going to get a lot of the work there in the air. Um, and, and he has a great matchup there against Darby. Um, and he can be that, sl- that slant receiver. He's not always going downfield. Now that's kind of where I transition to people Jones. Um, how they kind of did it in Minnesota was they would do a lot of short passes to a Kyle Rudolph, and then once the defense, adjust, defense adjusted there, that's when they would just let it fly to Diggs or um, way downfield, um, sometimes Thielen. So I actually think that's going to be a similar game plan here, and they don't really have to adjust much because that's how Minnesota does it anyway, or sorry, that's how Cleveland is doing it anyway. I think you can see a lot of short passes to Odell Beckham, moving them down the field. Um, you know, obviously, OBJ can go for big numbers too, and then they might take a flyer shot down to people Jones. So, I for me, people Jones is a little priced up, it's a showdown slate, but I just think the recency bias of the Hail Mary, he might garter um, just a a bit more ownership. Um, so really like OBJ, I probably favor more people Jones in the GPP. Definitely, you know, he's in my player pool, um, but I just think they might just be pressured too much to see a really big production out of people Jones, unless there's those, you know, they drive them to stop the short game and then they hit them on a deep route.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, Minnesota and Cleveland here, there's a lot of overlap because Keenum and Stefanski were there together. Right. And that's kind of the feel, the memory I have of it is, as well. The short passes to Rudolph and trying to take care of the ball, not taking these deep downfield shots with a lot of risk. So that, leads us right into the tight end situation. And we know that Cleveland loves to use these tight ends. They've been Mm -hmm. all of the field all season long because of the injuries to the wideouts. Uh, But it's challenging here with Njoku and Hooper as the lead guys. We've got Harrison Bryant as well, but he's kind of taken a seat back uh, compared to last year. So Njoku and Hooper, uh, Njoku's $1,600 more expensive on DraftKings. He's been better as of late. But they both only have one touchdown on the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Keenum's only completion last week was to Njoku. Um, So, you know, no big surprise there. Uh, So you could go there as well. Um, I I do like the the thought of one of them. It's just, it's hard to predict because they they do share a lot of the snaps. Um, But it's not a great matchup again. Denver has given up the second fewest fantasy points to tight ends. They haven't given up any receiving touchdowns to tight ends. They did give up five receptions to uh, Mark Andrews and to Waller. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's some, there's some potential there. Uh, But do you have a thought on one of these guys standing out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that goes to show where the Broncos are at with their linebackers. I mean, Waller and Mark Andrews are, you know, top five tight ends in the league. Um, and them not producing as highly, at least for a touchdown, it wasn't like Wall- it wasn't like we completely shut down Waller or Andrews. Um, but yeah, I I wouldn't normally say we got to get a tight end here, but because of just the game scheme and how I think they're going to control the ball here, I would love to get either Njoku or Hooper. Um, in 2017, I'll keep referencing Ka- uh, Keenum's 2017 stats. Um, Kyle Ka- Rudolph had 57 catches for 532 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, so it, it, to reiterate, they utilize them a lot. Njoku and Hooper are really split for me. Hooper has about five red zone targets on the season. Njoku has three. I think they're very split in their targets and receptions, just their routes running. For me, from the eye test, I think Hooper has a little more touchdown upside. Um, I think you could go either one with just the roster build you're going to do. I do like Hooper. That's probably where I lean. Um, but I also think you can get Njoku. So I, I want to get one of the tight ends here because I think it's critical to just how they're going to, how Cleveland's going to go in the game. But it is very split. It's kind of like choosing between Faint and Patrick, or I mean, it's not as split as the running backs for Denver, but
0: it, it's very close. It's very close. All right. You say you want one of the tight ends. Do you want one of the kickers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And which one do you want?
1: I'm going to, uh, well, I'll have to go with the hometown here. Yeah. Um, I'll go with McManus. Um, Because Denver is not, like, just driving down the field. I mean, it almost feels like every time our offense touches the ball, Andrew, I can almost guarantee you there's going to be a third and four or a third down. So it's it, we're not, like, just scheming down the field. So I think there will be a field goal open for McManus. He hasn't missed on the season. Um, he, he's a very good kicker, and he has a, a good amount of range. So I actually think both kickers are in play here. Um, Andrew, I what, do too. what do you think?
0: Yeah, McLaughlin, nine for nine on the other side with a long of 57. He's a couple hundred dollars cheaper. You know the thing with kickers um, is you you kind of want to game script it, and in general, like let's say you think the Denver offense is in a better spot and they're going to win the game with touchdowns, then you know maybe Cleveland will end up with a couple field goals because if sure. you have if you have Teddy Bridgewater and he goes off and he's scoring touchdowns, then they're not kicking field goals. Right. So it makes sense to me that you get the field goals on the other side. Now obviously, if you have a, a game where it's more of a domination potential shutout, then you know if Cleveland's not scoring, then you don't want their kicker at all. But I, I think this is one of those games that that could be pretty tight, um, you know. And so I think that that's what my advice would be as you're building your lineup because they're so close in price. You know, my my default would be if you're taking, you know, the heart of the Denver offense and, and expecting touchdowns, then you might want to look at the Cleveland kicker.
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense, and it it's tough with kickers too because um, they're pretty consistent for like an eight or nine fantasy point game. But right. then you have Hooper, who's a cheaper on DraftKings, and he has that touchdown upside. So, like, if he were to get a touchdown, he's obviously going to outscore the kickers. But that's not as guaranteed as a kicker would be with their production. So, I look to a kicker as a very safe cash play. I mean, you see them in the in like the optimal lineups, um, and like, and I guess. I, there's bias there with me saying I want to take the Broncos kicker. Andrew, I agree with you. I'd rather get the kicker for the Cleveland side. I'll admit, um, every other thing before that was not biased. Um, <laughs> right. Even of though course. I'm on the Broncos, kicker was a little biased there. But, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think Cleveland kicker would be the preference. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's how you want to game scheme your lineup and just cash versus GPP.
0: And sometimes the kicker does end up in the op- optimal lineup, I think a little more often on FanDuel. Because he's in that price range of eight to nine thousand, he gets fifteen points or so with a big game, and he can be the key guy. But with price not being an issue, I don't expect that Mm -hmm. uh, on FanDuel this week because of the no salary cap. However, wouldn't that be a great GPP play to go with one of the kickers? Sure thing. Because you don't need to this week. You don't have to, you know, jam in a guy that's under eight thousand on FanDuel on the normal pricing. Yep. So, you know, that could be a way to really get different. So I'm looking forward to building those FanDuel lineups for our members, Joe, uh, to, to play with this no salary cap situation. Uh, so definitely want to invite folks to jump in and join us. DFSCoachTalk.com. Get our lineups. Get the five-day pass. Get us all the way through the weekend, the entire uh, week seven NFL uh, lineup situation and all the other sports, of course. Uh, basketball, it's up and running. We got to get, uh, we got to run here tonight, so Joe can wa- go watch the, uh, the Nuggets. But uh, you get all the sports at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, so we'd love to have you, Joe. Any final thoughts here? Or are you ready to go watch Jokic? Yeah,
1: go Nuggets, go Broncos. Big year for Denver sports. Twenty twenty-two. Yeah. All
0: right, good stuff. All right. On behalf of Omaha Joe and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.